let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. What's up, Dog Nation? I'm Jeff Sintel. This is your Before the Hedges. And before you guys get ahead of your skis, this is actually a taped program tonight. I got a special reason why Before the Hedges, um, brought to you by Kroger, is on a tape and we're not live tonight. That's because uh, something uh, because of something that happened on October the 4th, 2006. That's when my daughter, Hannah Grace, was born. She's actually 17 years old today, if you can believe that. So we got a birthday dinner tonight for a special young lady, so... That's why we're not live in our normal, uh, we're not live at 8, 8 p.m. Of course, we're going, uh, our show is streaming at 8 p.m. as usual. So that's a quick programming note. Certainly appreciate everybody coming by. Certainly appreciate everybody hanging out with us on another Wednesday night before the hedges. Got a big show, another loaded show, lots of stuff to talk about. I think the main thing we're going to talk about is, um, I, I guess, two or three things stand out. Number one, this was a sweeping week, and I'll use that word uh, from a newsman's perspective. This was a sweeping week in the state of Georgia. That's when the Georgia High School Association um, turned the on sign on to NIL in the state of Georgia, kind of like that hot donut sign in Krispy Kreme. Uh, it's kind of what you have now with na- name, image, and likeness in the state of Georgia. We're going to talk about that. That's one of our big topics uh, tonight. Uh, the official visit, the unofficial uh, the unofficial visitors, the visit list this week for Kentucky is also a, a big point to bring up today. Uh, really, Georgia only has three more home games, guys, if you can believe that. Everybody give me a quick wow or I can't believe it or season's flying by way too fast. But Georgia only has three more home games. There's only one in the month of October, and that is this week uh, for Kentucky. It's going to be a night game. It's going to make it easier for high school football players to make it into Athens. Of course, Georgia next week is at Vanderbilt, then it's a bye, then it's the cocktail party neutral site game in Jacksonville later this month. Um, So that's what you got cooking right there for the dogs in the month of October. Uh, We're going to talk about the visitor list, some big names, some big commitments will be in town. Uh, We're going to debut kind of a new thing this week. We're going to call it the dog of the week where we highlight the Georgia commit could be 2024, 2025, 20, there's not a 2026, but if there was a 2026 commitment, uh, public commitment, then we can talk about that one as well. Um, but we're going to kind of award a uh, special dog nation uh, recognition to the uh, Georgia football commit who had the best game in our uh, opinion and our evaluation last week. Um, and then also we got a really cool uh, dog nation conversation. I went down to Schley County. In El- and I saw Schley County play. It was actually in Cruella, uh, right outside Columbus. But I got to see five-star linebacker uh, Zayden Walker play. He's our Dog Nation conversation this week. Super kid. I learned a lot about him. Got to watch him up close. Uh, he's the number one linebacker in the country uh, for 2025. That's well, one site, I believe, on three has him as an, uh, as an edge. And then 24-7 Sports has him as a stand-up. Uh, kind of a in the box, not a stand up linebacker. So they have him as a traditional inside linebacker. I think he's a linebacker. He tells me Glenn Schumann and Georgia are recruiting him to play that inside traditional linebacker position for the dogs, even though he lines up uh, on the edge for Schley County as well. So lots of stuff to talk about. I think we're going to jump into the first one right here, and that is NIL in the state of Georgia. I guess 
the first thing I, you know, I wrote a bunch, you know, one of those times where, you know, a reporter has to do or be, be a true reporter, be a newsman and really write up a big story. That was the story this week. Now, it'd been hinted at uh, for a while. The proposal had been leaked. It was expected to be ratified on Monday by the Georgia High School Association. And it was by, I believe, a 66 to 9 margin. Um, and there's there's pros and cons to this as well. And I, the way I kind of approached it, if you've read the dognation.com story, is uh, I, I want to try to make help you guys make sense of it all because it's really a Georgia high school football story and not so much a Georgia football recruiting story. Although the the winds of change here could have could have sent players outside the state trying to uh, maybe move outside of the state, move to Tennessee, move to North Carolina uh, to pursue NIL opportunities, maybe, especially for a handful, maybe 40 players in the state or guys that I would consider could command up to, you know, $30,000, $40,000, $50,000 in NIL when they're still in high school. So that was a big point to, to cover. The big thing from a Georgia recruiting folk fan's perspective is, is this going to help Georgia retain its players in the state? And I think that will, you, especially the top players. There's always rumors of a five-star quarterback here or a five-star linebacker there that um, might be tempted to move to another state because they can get NIL opportunities somewhere else when maybe they weren't in Georgia, but that is no longer the case. That's the first thing to know. The second thing to know is uh, what NIL in Georgia is not. I think a lot of people are going to confuse it with Hey, folks are going to get paid. High school players are going to get paid. Um, they don't really like that. They don't. They think that's moving too fast with the news cycle. And it, it, they're going to get paid, but they're not going to get paid to play high school football. Like, we created a bunch of slides uh, to kind of help walk you guys through that. I think the first thing is it will allow them to earn money, will not allow them to earn money for their performance on the field. So what does that mean? You know, you can't get paid for a touchdown. You can't get paid for tackles. You can't get paid for a state championship. And the main thing also is that they're not going to be able um, – they're not going to be able to, like – the best way NIL works, and I think Robin Hines, the executive director of the Georgia High School Association, kind of laid it out pretty well when he said, listen, you can go and participate in an ad. He's like, hey, I can say I'm Robin Hines. I want you to come to Dairy Queen and buy this blizzard. This is the Heath Brownie or the cookies and cream or the peppermint cookies and cream, and that's my very favorite. He's like, you can always do that. You can always do that in the state of, as a high school player, but what you can't do in the state of Georgia is say, hi, I'm Robin Hines. I'm the quarterback of Carrollton High. Uh, I'm the five-star quarterback, the Georgia high school 7A runner-up or state champion. You can't say, and I want you to come to Dairy Queen and I want you to buy – the Julian Lewis blizzard at your local uh, Dairy Queen in uh, anywhere, Georgia. You can't do that. And the thing that the other thing you can't do with, with NIL is let's say these young men do participate in an ad. You can't wear your Carrollton helmet. You can't wear your jersey. You can't use your school colors or intellectual property. So that means like school logos, school names, the school mascots. They cannot be used in any NIL activities. You can't uh, – John Doe, five-star quarterback, can't shoot an ad or uh, film an ad like in his huddle or in the in steps of his stadium or in front of his high school sign. Can't do that. Um, no school facilities can be used in any NIL activities. But you can kind of get away with it a little bit. Like you could – like, for instance, Dylan Ryle of Buford, he could show up in an ad with a, 
a green hoodie and the number 15 on, as long as it doesn't say uh, it's not intellectual property of Buford High School or the Georgia High School Association. The other thing they can't use is in, in their ads is any film of them participating in a GHSA contest. So the big touchdown pass they threw and the state championship game, that's also off limits. And I guess the, the third set of guardrails is what they called it. And we have a slide for this here as well is like um, you can't fall. Th- these things can't fall outside the local school districts policies. Like you can't endorse um, tobacco products. You can't endorse any like, I guess, CBD. You can't endorse any like um, uh, vaping products that also includes alcohol, tobacco, any controlled substances. And the other one of the other stipulations I thought was interesting is if when a student enters into an NIL agreement, you must notify the um, school's athletic director or principal within seven calendar days. You don't have to disclose terms, but then NIL is now open for business and it's effective immediately because the Georgia High School Association amended its constitution where it used to say you can't be paid for your athletic fame and the amendment to the bylaw was made, you can't be paid for your athletic performance. What does change, and this was the biggest thing for me, because I kind of looked at some of this news that was coming along as the state of Georgia had to do it. They had to, uh, there's 33, depending on which states are still in a court case with the State Board of Education. That's North Carolina right there. There's roughly 33 or so states in America that have some NIL, and Georgia was one of the is now, I guess, considered the biggest football hotbed in the, uh, in the Deep South to now have its own NIL policy. Florida does not. Uh, Alabama does not. Tennessee does. North Carolina does. South Carolina does not. Uh, Louisiana does. A lot of the, a lot of the states out on the, on the West Coast have it. California has it as well. But all of them have this strict policy. It's kind of like when NIL dropped in college football where Georgia's star quarterback – couldn't be wearing his game game day gear, maybe unless that they were unless they were an official sponsor of the university. Couldn't be using your helmet, the Georgia logos, or anything else like that. You kind of had to appear in some sort of like generic red colors or red shirts. I mean, you see a lot of Georgia Bulldogs that advertise Onward Reserve, and they don't have anything to do with their um, their number and their University of Georgia. Uh, I guess I would call them identification. Um, they have to just benefit from the ad on their intellectual property, their name, image, and likeness. And the Georgia High School Association drew a clear line that each individual has the right to make money off their name, image, and likeness. The key difference here, and I wish I could just boldface and italicize and put it in a huge font here, is you can now be paid for your athletic fame, and it will not jeopardize your athletic ability, eligibility to play on your high school team. Um, very key thing there. And so, for example, the Dylan Riolas, uh, whose NIL evaluation by On3.com was placed at 770000 annually. Uh, he can get paid by like, uh, like Beats, for instance. He could do a Doritos commercial. He could do something with Nike or Under Armour or whatever. And he can now be paid for it as long as it didn't trip the, any of those bylaws or guidelines. So I feel like a lawyer here going through a lot of that, but it is a changing time with high school football. Is it going to affect a lot of folks in the state? I think there's only going to be about a, maybe 50, 50 to 70 players in the state that have enough of a, a broad uh, name recognition. Perhaps uh, the star quarterback in a small town can get a, can get a deal with a local meet and three or can get a deal with a local tire shop. 
Maybe he can be throwing um, he can be throwing footballs through drywalls and earn some money that way. But I don't think it's going to be significant money. Perhaps, uh, and I'll close my thoughts here on NIL. Perhaps the biggest worry for a lot of folks, a lot of coaches I talk to across the state, is they're worried about. Let's face it: if you live in tiny Schley, Schley County, or you live in Gilmer County, or you live in Albany, or you live in you know somewhere where there's just not a lot of folks around Bryan County, around Savannah, maybe Effing, Effingham. Well, the NIL opportunities with the businesses are not going to be strong in a rural area as they are in the population centers, the metro areas like Atlanta, like uh, even Augusta, Savannah, Macon, those types of areas. So like they, they, the wonder there is like, again, then there might be two or three players per team at the most that are good enough to say, I'm going to move 50 miles or 100 miles because – there might be an NIL opportunity there. I think the big thing to think about there is there's not a lot of families w- wishing to uproot their lives for maybe NIL that totals 40, 30, 20,000. That's my hypothesis there. What you will see is you're going to see a lot of the, the highest rated prospects. So here's a good example. Um, DeMello Jones is rated uh, at Swainsboro. I was rated like the number 75, 76, 78 player in the country. And his on three evaluation for NIL, and again, I guess that's for college at the college level, is about $117,000 a year. He's a safety. He's a Georgia football commit. He has a certain amount of followers on Twitter because of that and on Instagram. And I think that amplifies your profile. The bigger your name, the more followers you have. Uh, that's a big consideration there as well. When I talk to high school coaches across the state, they, some didn't like it, some were worried about it, some said, How's this going to work when my star quarterback is making more than his position coach or maybe making as much as a a teacher salary, a first-year teacher salary? And when I mean star quarterback, I mean four-star quarterback, five-star quarterback. Um, And, you know, you can look at – look at here's a good example. Langston Hughes, Aaron Nolan, for example. There's nothing now to prevent him from uh, receiving monies from a business in Columbus um, and getting some sort of endorsement from that. Um, because he's on his way to play for Ohio State. That's a good example. But the coaches I talked to were worried about that. They were worried about, you know, times are changing. How are young people going to handle this money? And the main thing that the feedback was, yeah, they don't like it, or maybe they're okay with it, or they deal with it. But the last thing they wanted to see, here's something they hated more. They hated the fact of their star players leaving. And I mean the the four-star, five-star players, the most popular players in the country in Georgia – has 14 of the state's top 100, of the nation's top 100. And Georgia also has a lot of four stars, probably 35 four stars um, in both the on three and the 24-7 sports composite. So those type of guys will be the ones that could command the most NIL dollars. Um, something to think about there. Also got some good viewpoints there from T.C. Lewis in that story. That's the father of Julian Juju Lewis. He's told me about things that where Juju had the chance to create his own slide where he wanted to sell slides, and he's got a social media reach of roughly 160,000 people. Now think about that for a second. I also looked this up and I wrote about it. Julian Juju Lewis, the five-star number one quarterback, number one prospect in the country for the class of 2026, has 160,000 social media followers. Desmond Ritter, the the starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, who went through a very strong, a very high-visible, high-profile college career, in Cincinnati, that's a metro area that is big enough to have an NFL team. 
he only has about 120,000 followers, 130,000 followers. So you talk about the reach of a high school sophomore like Juju, whose family has been building his Instagram account, 130,000 followers, since he was seven years old. He now has the right to monetize that fame he has off his social media platforms and whatever he wants to do, provided they're within those GHSA NIL guardrails, are now fair game. Guys, that was a lot of talk. That was a lot of stuff about NIL in the state of Georgia. But I felt we owed it to you guys to talk you guys through it and see what's going to become of it, what's it going to mean down the road, and what the impact is right now for the state of Georgia. Folks, that was number one on our Big Five, and that was a Big Five because it does signal a different era in Georgia high school football now with NIL in play. Second thing on our list today uh, we're going to talk about is um, we're going to talk about freshmen. One of the things, one of the articles I did a, lot, a couple years back for the uh, dognation.com is I wrote about the freshman report where I, I tried to give you guys a glimpse of how Georgia's freshman players um, are performing during their first season in the SEC. And it was very expansive, very long story. Probably took me about four or five hours to do it on a, on a Saturday because I charted plays. I looked at every freshman. I compared freshman data from years prior. Uh, but one thing I wanted to bring up is Georgia and Auburn, um, according to my figures, they only played five true freshmen in the Auburn game. Uh, and to, you guys are wondering who they are. They're C.J. Allen, A.J. Harris, Raylan Wilson, Janelle Aguero, and then lastly, number 91, Peyton Woodring. I uh, wrote about Peyton Woodring this week on dognation.com because the true freshman was named the SEC co-freshman of the week. He kicked two big field goals of 37 and 38 yards against Auburn. Anyone that, that saw that game would probably say two things. One, those were big kicks. Maybe Georgia doesn't win the game without those kicks. And the second thing is they feel a little bit better about Peyton now after he missed, I believe, three out of five kicks in weeks two and three against South Carolina, and I believe it was Ball State. So, yeah, Peyton Woodring, you know, so much confidence the staff, the team, the players all have in Peyton. I think Kirby Smart said after the game that there's something different about him. He wants to take the kicks. He wants to take the pressure kicks. He said he believes there's something special about him. And Kirby also talked about Peyton on Monday and referenced his baseball background and how hard it was to be a high school pitcher. And that's the background there for Peyton Woodring as well. I wrote about kind of how hard it is to earn a kicking scholarship in NCAA Power 5 football and how really Peyton's whole life has kind of been an audition in terms of competing for everything, the Under Armour All-American game, um, competing for the scholarship at Georgia, competing for the right to start as a freshman with a, a experienced senior, uh, veteran senior with a very strong leg in Jared Zirkel. And Peyton Woodring has rose to the challenge on all those things. And I expect him to have a tremendous career in Athens. I, I expect him to make a lot of those clutch kicks in the future. And there's a lot of reasons why. Number one, his dad was a pole vaulter. There's a certain amount of confidence that comes, I believe, in those genes when your dad's a pole vaulter. Uh, he was pulled off the soccer field the summer of his freshman year to go kick, and he made a 37-yarder in his first game. He's just got a lot of confidence. He told me at the Under Armour All-American game, back in January that his desire, his goal is to be the best kicker in the University of Georgia's vast football history. And he knew about um, Rodrigo. He knew about Kevin Butler. He knew about um, Jack Podlesny. He knew again Blair Walsh. He knew about the strong lineage of kickers at the University of Georgia. So it takes a certain level of moxie to do stuff like that. And that's why it was very encouraged. Dog fans should be very encouraged to see uh, the only true freshman starter on the team right now, Peyton Woodring, 
to have kicked so well in a big spot there at Auburn in one of the most hostile uh, and wild uh, road environments of the SEC. Kirby Smart even said that Georgia will play in no tougher venue this year during the regular season than the one that they had to deal with last Saturday in Auburn. Good stuff there from Peyton Woodring. That was number two on our Big Five. Number three, we're going to talk about – this is that segment we're going to start doing. Uh, We're going to call it the Dog of the Week. Maybe I need to make sure I kind of sound like uh, George Clinton and Bop Gun, if you guys know that song, one of my most favorites. He has that um, collaboration with Ice Cube right there. But Dog of the Week, we're going to give this one to Dylan Riola. And Dylan, I think for the first time – really put together one of those performances that was viral highlights. It was stats. It was big boy balls. It was big boy throws. Uh, Dylan Rayola went 11 out of 16 for 276 yards and four touchdowns. I think he had about three or four viral throws against Collins Hill. Collins Hill was a program that won the GHSA 7A state title just a couple years ago with Travis Hunter. And it was an overall excellent showing for Dylan. Kind of showed that you know, he was in his bag a little bit, kind of showed how comfortable he's getting with the personnel around him, what his guys can and can't do. He's got a lot of guys on his team that are superior athletes, but a lot of them are, like, going to be corners or safeties uh, in major college football that are also playing on the offensive side of the ball for uh, Buford High School. So it was a big day for Dylan Riola. Uh, wonderful day to see him kind of throw the ball around, continue to gain a lot of confidence, and we must note – that he's got some, he had some before the hedges mojo going behind that performance because he appeared live with us just last week on before the hedges and then goes out and has his monster biggest game so far as a Buford Wolf. So that was great to see. But we do have a silver medal winner right there. And we want to take you, we got some video of this right here. This is Ethan Barbour, the 2025 recent Georgia tight end tough commitment. Hashtag tight end tough. I think he had over 110 yards receiving. He had a bunch of chunk, a bunch of impressive plays. But this is the one that caught everybody's eye on social media with Ethan Barbour here. Ethan, um, again, he just recently committed to Georgia. Check it out right there. This is a throw. You see Ethan right there. This is a one-handed grab right there. Look at the giddy-up right there. Look at the little uh, polish he has right there. We're going to see this one again. We're going to slow it down. Watch him go up and get that ball. Ethan has made a huge strides from his sophomore to junior season. He set a goal that he wanted, to, he wanted to get more yards per reception from his sophomore year, where he's pretty good. He had like 714 yards receiving and 14 yards per catch. But he wanted to juice those numbers up for his junior year. And Ethan Barbour is averaging 22 yards per reception so far in 2023. That's a jump of about 57%. And I think most people, even the, even the professional and Amateur mathematicians that are watching the show right now would give that one a thumbs up. When you do anything where you can increase your productivity 57% in an area you had designed uh, to raise your game up a little bit, that's pretty good. Ethan Barbour recently committed to Georgia. Uh, he's going to be in Athens again, again as a 2025 commit against Kentucky on Saturday. So there you go. That's a new feature. Dog of the week. There's a lot of great performances. We'll try to go over a lot of them in the uh, – as we go over the top targets and we go over the uh, slides of all the current commitments, but it was a banner day for a lot of dogs in their last uh, on their last Friday night of competition. Number four, we've got right now. Hey, we talked about it earlier. We teased it earlier. Big visit list shaping up for the Kentucky game, and I think there's a lot of names to start with. There's several five stars. There's several top ten guys. You're going to see the usual amount of commits. I expect Daniel Calhoun, Sakovi White, Dylan Riola. 
a lot of Georgia commitments to be there. But then you're going to have kind of a little bit more. And again, this is an early list that Dog Nation has put together. Let's take a look at the list right now. You've got all these guys. But first off, this is a Georgia commitment. But I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it very softly and without any sort of inflection in my voice. I think Ellis Robinson might even start as a freshman at Georgia. I think Ellis Robinson is going to turn out to be the the best cornerback that Kirby Smart has ever recruited. Kirby Smart and Fran Brown have ever recruited um, to Athens during his time there. He's a Connecticut, upstate New York native. He's at IMG Academy, but he's in Bradenton, Florida right now. He's a Georgia commit. He will be in town this week for the uh, Kentucky game. That's helpful because IMG, which plays a national schedule, is actually uh, on the bye this weekend. Second guy on the list, and we're going to kind of tease him a little bit, that's Zayden Walker. Tremendously impressed with that young man. I got to see him last weekend on my way to the Auburn game uh, in tiny Ellaville, Georgia. Zayden Walker, he's the number one linebacker in the country for uh, both on three and 24-7 sports. Another five-star, uh, Ryan Williams is an Alabama commit. He's the number one receiver prospect in the nation for 2025. He's out of the Mobile area, air, Mobile area. In Saraland, Alabama, um, big-time commitment to Alabama. Going to take another look at the dogs. A uh, guy we just mentioned in our NIL discussion, Julian Juju Lewis. Now, he's committed to USC, committed very early. But he's the number one player in the 2026 class, and he's the number one quarterback in the 2026 class. He will be visiting Georgia for the second time this year. He was actually saw Georgia last week in Auburn, at Auburn. Uh, he got saw the dogs, and Carson Beck pulled that one off. Another name right here is Bryce Davis. I think he's the number 35 overall prospect in the nation for 2025. He's out of Greensboro, North Carolina. Let me give you guys a little signal flare right there. That's Grimsley High School, the same high school that Jamal Ja Jarrett uh, came to Georgia out of. Another Bama commitment, uh, Mason Short out of Evans, Georgia, Evans High. 2025 prospect, offensive lineman, another top 100 or so overall prospect, another Bama commitment. Another, another two commitments that will be in the house for the first time this year. A couple of dogs from Jersey. Uh, 2024 commitments. They both chose Georgia over the summer. Jordan Thomas, folks, we can never talk enough about Jordan Thomas. Uh, I think uh, pound for pound, I think when all's said and done, no matter who the dogs close on in the 2024 class, I think Jordan, Dama, Jordan Thomas um, has the potential to be the best defensive lineman in this class. He has as good a shot as anyone no matter how, who the dogs close with. Nair Daniels, uh, another big big boy out of uh, Oradell, New Jersey. Nair, 6'7", 6'8", 360. Incredible feet, incredible movement skills to get up to second level. He's going to be in Athens uh, as well for his first game day visit. For both Jordan, I think Jordan came last year, but I know for Nair, that will be his first game day visit. Uh, Christian Garrett, Another top 125 overall prospect in the 2025 class. He goes to Prince Avenue Christian. He plans to be in town. A four-star defensive lineman out of Dublin. Nazir Johnson uh, out of Dublin High School. Committed to Florida. Folks, let me take, take, let me take, let me take a minute here. This guy could probably be an all-SEC guard or an all-SEC defensive tackle. He's going to take another look at Georgia. He's committed to those Gators out of Gainesville, but another in-state kid committed to another school, plans to be in Athens on, on Saturday. And then another young man, another key, another signal flare right here, also Greensboro, North Carolina, also Grimsley High School. 
three-star wide receiver Terrell Anderson out of Grimsley High School, same high school where Jamal, ja, Big Ja Jarrett, came to Georgia out of. And, you know, Jamal tells everybody that he can to come be a dog. He's one of the player hosts, uh, one of the biggest uh, young freshman class advocates on the recruiting trail for guys to come join him at Georgia. Terrell Anderson is committed to North Carolina State, and he plans to be in there in Athens on Saturday in Georgia, as well you all know, just lost um, NICAR recently. So that they're either going to fill that final spot in the, 20, in the 2024 class at receiver out of the transfer portal uh, or go to try to flip one of those big names. There's another receiver or two we'll talk about a little bit later that Georgia's going to start to look at. But um, Terrell Anderson, I really think um, the chase becomes relevant when these young men visit. And then after that, you know, the stories can happen. They kind of go from a rumor and they go to maybe a, a real Georgia target at that time. That's your Kentucky visit list. Of course, that thing's going to grow. Of course, we're going to update it. But another impressive list of commitments in the house for Kentucky. And, folks, it's going to be loud. It's going to be, you know, another light-up Sanford. I, I feel like after we went through the desert of trying to get a light-up Sanford with light-up Krypton and everybody going crazy and the light show, I do love the addition of the – Little Wayne or the uh, the Wheezy Track Fireman uh, to the uh, end of the uh, after Krypton when everybody pops the red lights out and everybody has a lot of fun. I think that was a big upgrade uh, in terms of energy and juice above uh, Kanye West power. Kanye West power. So anyway, Kentucky, big visitors. Of course, Georgia opens the doors for a big game. <coughs> Excuse me, especially a top 20 game with uh, unbeaten Kentucky team. Recruits are going to come. Uh, it's just kind of a given right now. Speaking of recruits that are going to be in the house, this is a young man I'm very impressed with. Number one linebacker, we've mentioned him a couple of times. Our Dog Nation conversation this week is with five-star linebacker Zayden Walker. And I'm going to key you in with a, a kind of a prologue or a trailer teaser right here. He wears the number zero, and he's going to tell you why he wears the number zero. But every time I see that number zero on him, I'm going to think one thing. Zayden Walker has zero big head, even though he is the number one player in the country for two different sites for number one linebacker for two different sites. He has, he's from a small town. He has every reason not to be used to the media exposure or whatever, but this young man gets it. It was a pleasure to watch him play. It was a pleasure to talk to him afterward. And you're going to see right now with our dog nation conversation here on before the hedges brought to you by Kroger. Ask you, man. First yes, of all, tell me about number zero. Tell me about the name change. Why'd you change that number? Uh, like I was just saying, uh, when I had number three, tore by everything in my body. I, I changed the number zero because it's like fresh restart. I just felt like number zero was just zero. Back at zero, fresh restart. How does Georgia make you feel like they want you and you're a priority? Mm, I get on the phone with Coach Schumann about every night. Um, Coach Kirby, he he calls, checks up on me. I feel like they, I'm, a, I'm a very high priority. When they offered you for the first time, what was that like? Man, it felt like a dream come true. I was sitting in the office like, Coach, ain't no way you're telling me this right now. But um, I was always humble enough to know that um, I was a lot of more work I had to put in. But when I got the offer, that made me want to drive even harder. You told me your why. You play for your dad, a dad you barely know. Yes, sir. How does that motivate you? It motivates me because, like, when my parents, not my parents, but my dad's parents, they talk to me, they tell me how good he was, stuff like that. Just just what kind of guy he was. 
You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a good guy, and I know he's a really good guy. So that, that just drives me. Yes, sir. Zayden, I see the cross around your neck, man. Yes, Why is that important to you? Why do you wear that? I mean, God's number one. God's number one. God's always been number one. So this might be the only tough question I ask you. You're such yes, a good kid. Zykevius chose Auburn. Yes, sir. Have you learned anything from him? Because he had the opportunity to go to Georgia, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what has he told you about making the right decision? Mm, I mean, he's like, because, you know, he jumped in the transfer portal at one time. But he was like, Zay, um, it's a lot that comes to it. But at the end of the day, it's just busy. He said, just go and do what you got to do. And so make your mama proud, make your family proud, and stuff like that. So I think I was following you most of the game. I wasn't expecting to follow you for a screen pass or a wheel route. Tell me about that 50-yard catch. That's the longest catch you've ever had for a touchdown in high school, right? I got the best hands on the team, hands down. I've been trying to tell them for the longest. I got the best hands on the team. But, yeah, it felt real good. It always feels good catching the ball when you don't get it a lot. Yes, sir. Zayden, you... We just discussed the state championship game last year. Yes, sir. And it looked like somebody just kicked your dog when I brought that up. Like, yes, sir. How does, that, how does that burn inside of you? I mean, like I was just saying, man, every morning I think about it. I prayed over that game when I got home, stuff like that. But I knew it was going to be a chance we got back, and I wasn't going to let it pass by. What's the dream? The dream. Everybody's got a dream, right? What's your dream? Wherever God got in store for me. Yeah? Yes, sir. Is it the league? Is it by my house? Is it the league, by education? my house, um, start a business, yes sir, all that. Tell me about the best play you've ever made. The best play I ever made, it was one play, Irwin kind of last year's scrimmage game. Uh, I was on the left side, I was on the weak side, and then they did a strong toss left. And I chased, like, you can see all their players, like, yep, touchdown. You see me coming out of nowhere. Oh, I got them about to like the eight, got them. That's my favorite play. What does that show people when they watch that on your tape? What does that show people? Uh, I, I really feel like that shows people like the love for the game. Yes, sir. Like the very last second plays that nobody feels like making, you coming in there and making. How does Glenn Schumann recruit guys like you? He has such a great track record. Yes, like, sir. what does he do that you feel like is the right way you want to be recruited? Uh, man, I get on Facetime with Coach Schumann. He showed. I talk to his kids. I talk to his wife. He just. He just goes there. He really wants to like put you in his family. Yes, sir. You're going back for another Jordan game, Georgia game, yes, maybe in Kentucky? Yes, sir. You might go. You got any other games in mind you, you plan to visit? Be right back next weekend. So you're going to go, what, Kentucky and Missouri. then? Missouri. Missouri. Yes, sir. Wow. Um, any other visits, any other schools you got planned for this year? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely be at Tennessee. I'm going to try my hardest to make a Miami game. I want to make a Gators and the FSU. You want to go to Tennessee, Georgia? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That one? Yes, sir. What do you see out of the defense this year? Have you been watching them? Talking about Tennessee? Georgia's defense. Georgia's defense. You know, Georgia defense. You know, it's, it's just how it is. You know, Kirby Smart always got the best, got the best defense. So, you know, it's just Georgia's defense. Simple. How would you explain Kirby and the way he recruits? The way he relates Kirby to Kirby recruits you like a homeboy. Like he don't recruit you as like, okay, I'm a coach. He recruits you as like, okay, let's go, let's go hang out. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just a real cool guy. You got a favorite Kirby story? Favorite Kirby story. It's so many. I can't even think of one right now, but it's so many. Give me one that just what comes to mind. It doesn't have to be your best one, but like, but the first time Kirby made an impression on you, what was that like? Uh, I mean, wait, when you go into his office, you already know he his office made just the way he speak. He got a couch. You just sit back and lay out on. I'm sit back, laid out, and he just he just he just talking. Yes, sir. Zayden Walker, man, I gotta go 20 minutes with you, man. Yes, sir. That's four and a half good minutes with Zayden Walker, five-star, number one linebacker in the country. Yes, sir. Caught a touchdown pass, ran for a touchdown pass tonight. Appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Fun.
fun kid, isn't he? Um, he's got a joy. He's got a light behind his eyes. Uh, very cool to talk to. Of course, you heard that question about Zykevius. That was his older brother, I guess older half-brother, uh, Zykevius Walker, who was an All-American a few years back, that had a chance to go to Georgia or Auburn, and now he went to Auburn. I believe he's in his fourth year at Auburn. He almost he jumped in the transfer portal, actually, um, I think after his after last season at Auburn and then came back out of the transfer portal and decided to stay there with the Tigers. Zykevius, very impressive player. You saw some of those clips in the game I saw. He barely only played two quarters. He caught a really nice 50-yard screen pass. He had a rushing touchdown. He had, I believe, uh, four tackles. He had a pass defense. He had like four hurries. Uh, Chattahoochee County was really trying to get rid of the ball in like two seconds. Otherwise, he would have had a lot more sacks. You saw that size. You saw that burst off the line. I think one of the one of the recruiting sites has him in around 6'1", 215. He's a lot bigger than that. Probably at least 6'3", right there, which you see the long arms and everything else right there. And Wow, if Glenn Schumann can do his thing, he can work his magic again for uh, Zayden Walker. be a really special, another really special linebacker. Uh, to join the uh, Georgia Bulldogs in the class of 2025. Guys, that's your Dog Nation conversation, part of Before the Hedges tonight, brought to you by Kroger. Now, let's transition. Hey, one thing I would like to share, like while I was taping right now, something big came up, and I always try to make these shows really newsy. Um, there's, uh, the NCAA's changed a lot of laws today. A lot of laws were ratified. A uh, number of scholarships a, a, a university has to offer at certain levels. Uh, they've reduced the the length of time when players can hop into the transfer portal. It's now 15 days in the spring. It's the 30 days after the season, after their season where they can hop in the portal reduces that time. But one of the other things that came out of it was the NCAA has basically um, made, uh, I guess they basically said those photo shoots on campus uh, are now only allowed for official visits. So that's going to change the way a lot of stuff look because you know, five stars, when they get to by, – by the time they get to their junior year, they've already had like a photo shoot probably 15, 20 schools. That's just what you do in the off season. That's what you do in January. Um, a lot of times when the dead period opens back up, well, now the only time you can take on one of those university photo shoots where they have all the gear and they drip you out and then you take the pictures in front of the trophies or sunglasses with your parents, whatever – your position coach right now. Now that can only happen on the official visit. And I think the first thing that came to my mind when I thought that is what there's a lot of photographers that uh, had, had gotten some steady work at universities because every recruiting department needed one or two photo interns or one or two real professional photographers to help facilitate that because that's something the recruits really love. But the other thing that came to my mind was um, they have unlimited official visits now. So there are going to be a lot of recruits that are like, well, Never been there, never tried on the jersey. I really like that. I really like those pictures. It's part of my recruiting journey. So you might see a lot of recruits maybe just take a few more official visits just for the fact that they can get those photo shoots in and have those memories as well. So, And by that time, they won't be tired of it by the time uh, the official visits roll around. A lot of times college coaches tell me that it's kind of a red flag for a player every time they come to your school to want a photo shoot that you know that's kind of shows what are you really about are you about ball are you about building a relationship are you about watching some film are you about you know kind of hearing how you can get better that's a really important indicator about how serious a young man is to a major school like the university of georgia for instance so interesting news there we wanted to drop that into our show uh ad lib right now but th one of the things that we have to make sure we put in our show each and every week 
That's the marvelous Mince Mansell and her graphics library right there. She sends bouquets of graphics to you guys each and every week. Let's take a look at the first one right here, here on Before the Hedges. 2024 class breakdown. I told you I would kind of quickly go over some names. Nate Frazier, let's look at him right here. He basically uh, hit 21.7 miles per hour recently in the, in the last week. He caught a pass, basically a flare route. Uh, he caught a pass, went up the uh, went up the sideline on the right side of the field, and he hit 21.7 on the GPS. That's a lot, folks. Really fast there. Chauncey Bowens continues to bowl over some, you know, not let's just say it's not GHSA level competition in his region in his league in the state of Florida. Nitro Tuggle played both ways, guys. Uh, for his uh, high school, he returned to kickoff for a touchdown. I don't know why folks in Indiana had figured out that you try to limit the amount of times that you put the ball in Nitro Tuggle's hands. Otherwise, it will be showtime for Nitro Showtime Tuggle. Uh, big game this week for Sokovia White. Uh, Cartersville and Cass are playing in the uh, game of the week on Peachtree TV. I guess it's called the Peachtree Network now. Uh, our man Brandon Adams will be on the call uh, for that one, and Kaylee will be, always be hosting her regular uh, amazing job she does there as a host for that. Um, let's see the rest of the stuff we got here, uh, continue to see great clips coming out from Marcus Marquez Easley and Marcus Harrison. We mentioned now your Daniels will be in Athens this weekend. Malachi Tolliver will be playing for Cartersville high against Sokovi white and Cass high, uh, this coming up week. Uh, you see right there, Georgia, Georgia's class right there has one five star. That's Dylan Riola, 11, four stars, three, three stars. And Brian Puglisi, second game, two and oh. He had another great viral play this past weekend. He's he told me this week that his big thing for his senior year because he would, he could kind of chip some paint off of a off of a dodge how hard he kind of throws the football. Everybody knows he has great arm strength, but D Ryan told me the big thing for his senior year was not to overthrow anyone, not to develop a lot more touch on his passes. That was one area of his game he thought he could get a lot better at. And so far, he told me through two games playing really good football so far. Uh, Brian has yet to overthrow anyone on his Avon Old Farms team. Now, special team slide. We're going to spend a minute here on Drew Miller because all the Drew Miller fans out here, you're going to love this. Man had a 70-yard touchdown this week. He ran for like 140 yards. He kicked like four or five punts. I believe there were 50 yards per punt uh, for the guy. He kicked kickoffs. He kicked extra points, kicked field goals, and he also threw for 89 yards and a touchdown. Folks, that's the number one punter in the country in Iowa. Georgia's going to pluck him out of the cornfields of Iowa, and all he does is make plays. Makes plays. I mean, the guy's highlight tape is probably going to be 27 minutes long. It's probably going to look like a Ken Burns documentary. Drew Miller, another great game. And you know what? If anybody wanted to get up in my face and say, Jeff, let's talk about Drew Miller for the dog of the week. Man, he, had every, he, he was right there in the running in consideration for the dog of the week. Also there with Mr. Riola. And you can't say that I'm favoring quarterbacks over punters because Drew Miller is also a quarterback. Uh, fun stuff there with Drew Miller, another great athlete coming, much like Peyton Woodring as well, another great athlete that just happens to be a punter or specialist or a kicker that also does a lot of things besides just kick a ball. Defensive side of the ball, let me see. Uh, rolling through the list of names right there, Justin Williams. We're going to write about him on dognation.com. I believe the story will either go up later tonight or tomorrow morning. He had a pick six over the past week. Ridiculous closing, closing speed. I don't know how many folks out there I've ever seen the 80s movie. I believe it's an 80s movie, Spaceballs, 
where the Rick Moranis character, Darth Helmet, it's a ripoff of Star Wars, of course, uh, talks about ludicrous speed. And I, that's what I see every time I see Justin Williams open up in space and cover some green grass. Uh, Chris Cole had another great game as well. Uh, DeMello Jones will also be in Athens on Saturday coming home. That's what his social media post said right there. Coming home. Every time you see DeMello, especially because Alabama still wants him. A lot of schools still want him. Every time you see DeMello still call Athens home and come back to Athens when he can be somewhere else, that kind of shows you how solid that commitment is right there for the 2024 class breakdown. Moving right along our next slide, we've got our recruiting snapshot. Went down to 27, from 27 to 26 commitments right there. Uh, number one class nationally, 15 offense, 10 defense, uh, eight in-state commits, 18 out-of-state commits. Perhaps one of the biggest things uh, to look at right there is Georgia still has the most commitments there. They still have a good balance. Not, I mean, the nine-car loss was significant because it took a lot of the wow factor or the game-breaker factor away from the offensive side of the ball. Still a very strong offensive class. The way this class is still built, offensive line and defensive line, everything else comes off of that. Georgia could end up with like 15 offensive or defensive linemen in this class, and that's going to feel like a lot of headaches for the rest of the SEC when Georgia loads up those lines and replenishes those lines and focuses on building their team and the program that way. Each and, every, uh, each and every season when they have the number one recruiting class in the country and the skill guys galore to kind of pepper and kind of dot up around that. Another great class, number one in the country. Um, moving right along, the top targets. Actually dropped the name off the top targets because I don't feel the cons- current consideration for NICAR and the University of Georgia not really strong enough to make him a top target. We actually moved Michael uh, Barrow, Makai Barrow of Creekside, High school in uh, Fairview, Fairburn, Georgia, up to number two on the top targets. Aiden Breland, guys, it is a commitment watch uh, for Aiden Breland. He's going to make his decision on October the 14th. Really coming down to Georgia, Miami. Georgia literally having the – looks like he's going to have the last visit if he doesn't visit Miami this weekend. That's going to help the case right there. He's going to decide on Saturday, October the 14th. Um, that'll be right after they play a slobber knocker game against – uh, St. John Bosco, the reigning national champion, mythical national champion of a year ago. And that would give the Georgia perhaps the chance to have two teammates at, mo- at um, modern day in Santa Ana, California, in the Georgia 2024 class. Guys, that's been a Before the Hedges show. We've talked about NIL. We've talked about Zayden Walker. We've talked about Freshman Report. We've covered um, kind of – the big visitors that we already know that are going to be in town this weekend. I thought that little bit about the uh, photo shoots for unofficial visits, kind of an eye-opener for me when you see that post and see that information start to show up on social media coming out of those NCAA legislation meetings this week. Kind of significant there. Might change the way the recruiting atmosphere looks like for a lot of players in the near future when that now that that one has passed. Let me see. Hey, guys, appreciate you checking in. Appreciate you joining us on another edition of Before the Hedges. I'd like to, again, send a special thanks uh, to Miss Mansell behind the glass for helping us with, uh, with our graphics each and every week. And I also got to send a, spur- a special birthday shout-out. I know she's never going to see this. My kids don't watch Georgia programming. They're too busy teenagers or whatever. But I'd also like to send a special birthday wish out to uh, my daughter, Hannah Grace, today. She turned 17 years old. She's a junior. She's amazing. She's awesome. She's one of the reasons why uh, her mom and dad work so hard is to uh, take care of her and her brother, Kyle. 
Guys, you guys don't hear about that. You guys want to hear about Georgia football recruiting. Thank you guys for again joining us on another edition of Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger, where we talk about the dogs on their way to UGA and what to know about them. So you, when they show up on Sanford Stadium, they show up underneath those lights or underneath the uh, Clark County sun, underneath the sun in Clark County, you know what all about them, or at least a little bit more about them. That's why we show up each and every week trying to talk Georgia football recruiting. Guys, that's your intel. I'm Jeff Sintel. Everybody be well out there, and we'll see you guys again next time on the pages of dognation.com. See everybody in Sanford. Say hi. Don't be a stranger. And we'll be back again next week. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle.